This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, back with Bill Phillips. Bill was with us four years ago, a psychic medium and author. His latest book is called Soul Searching. His life's mission is to help people deal with the grief of losing loved ones by bringing through validations, information, and beautiful messages from spirit, which heal and bring a sense of peace, doesn't it? He conducts individual, small, and large group readings, has appeared on television and radio programs as well. Dr. Phil, Access Hollywood. Bill, welcome back. How have you been? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this. Let's go back to the beginning. How did you become a psychic medium? <laughs> That's a great question. I definitely did not seek it out. So my my earlier years um, were very uh, trying and I find that with most um, mediums or most healers, there's usually some kind of event that happens that sort of shakes their world. For me, that happened when I was just five years old. My parents both struggling with their own issues. Um, me being, you know, kidnapped back and forth. And oh, long story short, my mom passed away when I was 14, um, and she came to me a few nights later. And my life was forever changed in that moment. Did it scare you when she came to you originally? You know, it actually didn't. It, it was more of just a, a beautiful experience for me. But I, I didn't want to really uh, share that with anybody because back in that time period, it was really just, you know, not not really looked in, in the right way. So I, um, I kept it to myself for a while, actually. That was the. I think that was the the biggest obstacle for me was just sharing my truth. You go public in those days about these strange things. People go, "What?" <laughs> exactly. I was. Um, I actually was going um, afterwards. I was in high school. I was trained um, to be an opera singer. Actually, so my whole life kind of uh, went and derailed into into this work, which I'm so grateful for. But it was something that definitely chose me. I did not choose it. Good for you. Do you still sing as a hobby? 
I actually do. Yeah, for the past year or so, I've been taking lessons again, um, and I, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I find that um, singing is also very grounding, and it also connects me as well. So they both go hand in hand together. Are you like Bocelli? Ah, I love Bocelli. I love Pavarotti. I love Domingo. All of them. They're all good. Now, tell me about soul searching. Yeah, so soul searching really birthed during, uh, you know, three years ago when basically the world shut down. And um, I was guided to help people rise above the fear. And uh, during that time, I was leading meditations and just really feeling guided to help put the power back in people's hands to show them that they are their energy first and how that really is the threshold for the creation of their life. And so that's where soul searching came from. And the subtitle is important, too. Tune into spirit and awaken your inner vision. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So basically, we're all we're all antennas walking around on this earth, receiving data, receiving information, and connecting. Many don't know that that's happening. It's subconscious for many people. And so, this book really does go deep within through the different practices to show them how to tap into that inner knowing. But beyond that, though, to tap into the other side um, to to find their own guidance system to stop looking for the answers outside of themselves and to really just go where is it within the body that we pick up this knowledge is it through the subconscious state or the conscious state I, that's a great question actually i i believe that it really is subconscious and it's really a matter of tuning out the ego mind the um the conscious self the um rational mind because that's always going to want to interfere with our divine guidance it's going to always want to be doubtful and fearful so when we're able to really go within and quiet down that part of ourselves, that's when the magic begins to happen. That's when the uh, impressions start to happen. And the more that we utilize that and sort of build our own language with our higher self, with our all-knowing self, then we can make better informed decisions. And we basically know that we're here for a short time to create our own version of heaven on earth. Do we all have spirit guides, Bill, that help us out? Oh, of course, we do. And a lot of the time, they um, they can be people in our families as well. Like, my mother is one of my biggest spirit guides. She's my biggest cheerleader. Oh, so great. it's not always just a random soul that you didn't know um, pre-birth. Um, they absolutely can be those that are part of your soul group. Well, with Bill Phillips, his book is called Soul Searching. His website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com, but he's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You're all over the place, Billy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful. I am, um, you know, this is something that really uh, took storm and word of mouth happened and back in the day and it just led me into some really incredible um, opportunities and moments and um, it's just grateful to be of service. You start your book with the chapter, The Child Within. Was that because of your influence? Absolutely, yes. And I, I really do feel that, you know, from our early age, regardless of what we're going through, that's when we're the most impressionable, right? And so that's when someone outside of ourselves is programming us or telling us what we should think and what we should feel and what we should believe. And it's not until we are, you know, aware enough um, to understand what our voice is and what, what our opinion is, what our mind is. So the inner child, I believe, is a part of our essence. It's a part of our soul. And it all goes back down to programming. So if we're able to access that part of ourselves, 
we can heal. We can make different decisions. We can um, build a dialogue within ourselves. That's a loving dialogue. That is a limitless dialogue. Um, many people are told when they're four, five, and six that their imaginary friend is just imaginary. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that they accept that command, and that's what, that's what becomes their reality, even though it's still dormant within them. I had a call once many years ago of a mother who would talk about her daughter, and they moved into a house. And the daughter always used to talk about her playmate, her friend, her imaginable friend. And one day she came in and said, uh, and we'll call her Louise, the friend. And she said, Louise told me that uh, she died here. And the mother went, now this is getting a little weird, right? (laughs) And she said, what do you mean she died here? She said, yeah, she died here, and they buried her under the floor. And she pointed to the floor. And now the mother's really weirded out about this. And somehow they ended up calling a contractor to tear up the floor. I don't know why they did it, but they did. And they found the bones of the little girl. Wow. Absolutely. It's, it's that happens. It, it, it happens more so than we realize, actually. So that's a great example about how we come into this world being very open to the other side and to that, that true part of ourselves. Letting go, what does that mean? You know, letting go is basically about um, surrendering, um, letting go of the past, not dwelling upon it. We are, again, we are sort of designed in a way to have this this uh, ego mind, which which does serve us um, as well. But it also can make us suffer too if, if we give it too much power. So, in letting go, we're letting go of that control that it has over us. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. She's the shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Forgiveness. Why is that important? Same reason, actually. Forgiveness is what is what allows us to to let go and to be neutral within ourselves. And you know, we carry so much pain on on our hearts um, for acts that haven't been forgiven. And so, when we're able to forgive, we're able to release the burden and release the person who hurt us or who may have damaged us. And what do you mean by the thought transformation, Bill? Yeah, you know, again, going back to how we're all creating our own lives right now, just subconsciously, I I really do, and I, I live my life this way every day, but I really do believe that um, the dialogue that we're, that we're telling ourselves, even the words that we're speaking as well, are creating an energy around us, an orbit around us, and pulling more of that energy towards us. So it's really interesting, um, even down to the music that we listen to as well. You know, you have to be very cognizant of, of what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, and when you're able to change the dialogue within, that's when you see the changes around you take place. If your words are negative, will that affect this? Yes. It does, but here's the thing that I, I find that acceptance of that is, um, you know, paramount. Um, actually, one of the exercises in, in this new book is about showing you what the ego self and the spirit self looks like. So um, I think it's important to document, to write it out, you know, what are these negative thoughts? What, what are these um, negative voices in your head? Acknowledge them, put them out on paper, and then take a moment to flip it around, to flip the negatives. When you're able to do that, you're able to transform your energy, you're able to raise yourself up to a higher level. And that level, that, that sweet spot, George, is just the place that when we're there, that's when our success happens. That's when our confidence is activated. That's when our connection happens. So we all have access to it, but it does take a little bit of effort to get out of the stinking thinking. But some people are better than others. How come? <laughs> you know, it's um, 
for some, it's just natural, you know, or for, for others, maybe they, they didn't have as much trauma, you know, growing up or in their childhood. Maybe they had a really good support system around them that was positive in their environment. That makes a big difference, you know, for, but for many people, though, they didn't have that. They had the parents, you know, that, that were not giving them the validation, you know, or the love, or they, or they were abandoned. And those things stick with us. Yeah, they sure do. They sure yeah. do. The universe within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just going back within, you know, to understanding that we're energy first um, and we're vibrating, right? And so when we allow our, our, our minds to conjure up um, in our imagination how limitless we actually are, how we are part of the fabric of the universe, there's an empowerment that happens there. It happens on a cellular level. And when we're able to go to that place, that's when we're able to really imprint around us the energy that we want to set forth in our lives. That's important, too. What is the gratitude frequency? <laughs> it's one of my favorite ones, actually, in the book. Um, I go throughout my day. Um, I must give my gratitude or my thank yous probably a thousand times a day. And so um, what I wanted to do was create a visualization for this, something that would really inspire the reader to, to show them how that looks on the inside. And because I live my life energetically, I thought how beautiful then to put gold energy into this, to infuse that part of ourselves. So for every deposit of our gratitude, we're making that deposit. And those deposits add up over time. They change our frequency. And, of course, praying. That's important. It absolutely is. You know, we all have access to that, too. And I um, I love to begin my day with prayer, you know, praying it forward. How can I, um, how can I positively affect someone throughout my day? So my intention in my prayer is always, please help me leave people better than they were before. You know, it's all about just going back within your dialogue. And uh, we're all here to be of service. Doesn't, you know, if you're a dentist, if you're a doctor, if you're a medium or a musician, we're all here to inspire people and to heal them with our unique gifts and abilities. Life sometimes takes strange twists, Bill, yet uh, you, you believe that uh, loving life's challenges is important. Tell, tell us more. I, I do. Yeah, I do. Because it all goes back to flipping those negatives, you know, and, and seeing when we're able to see life from a higher spiritual perspective, then we're able to see that we're not, nothing's being done to us. We're here in this earth school right now. We're here to learn lessons. We're here to evolve. And so if we're able to look at our challenges in that way, it just definitely flips our awareness of it and it allows us to operate more so from our higher self, from our all-knowing, intuitive self, versus that part of ourself that doesn't want to change, that wants to kind of stay safe in the ego space. That's what our human side, you know, wants for us. So it's always good to think of things from that higher perspective. Bill, what is the soul to you? What does it mean? You know, I believe that our soul is our essence. Um, it's our light in this world. It's our light in this universe. And I also believe that we're all connected as one on a soul level. The spiritual web, what is that? <laughs> Great. Um, the spiritual web is basically taking it one step further. So um, just having everyone understand that they have a system around them. I thought 
what came to me actually from spirit was this web concept of how we're all interconnected together. And that interconnectedness is, you know, with the living as well, but also discarnate with um, our loved ones, our angels, our guides, our ascended masters, everyone that makes up the committee around us. And we are tied into that here. They're influencing us here. And so when we're able to feel that connection to that web, it takes away the illusion that we're alone because we're never alone. Sending intentions. That's important, isn't it? I, I believe that our life is a big intention. And I believe that our intention is one of our biggest superpowers as well. It's very underutilized. So it just takes, you know, a minute or, or less than that actually to go within and to just see what you want to achieve, to feel the feelings that you want to feel in those moments and kind of throwing them out like breadcrumbs in front of you to have that inspiration to experience that energy vibration. Bill, why are mantras so important? You know, I love mantras. This is this goes back to my to my music um, background as well. But I believe that there's something really, really powerful with vibration. I, I learned about this when I was at the conservatory as well, and utilizing the chakra system with different vowels and different sounds and. You know, when we're able to focus on a mantra, whether it be in Sanskrit, whether it just be a spoken word, we're giving all of our energy and all of our intention to that sound vibration. And within that vibration, we're able to manipulate the energy around us. So let's just say someone's having a bad day, they're going through a breakup or something like that. They're able to utilize the mantra to change the energy around them. And it is really powerful. I do it every day. Um, I wish everyone would do it, actually. It's super, super, super powerful. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Intuition and a lesson in trust. Mm -hmm. You know, um, again, we're all designed to, to be intuitive. We're, we're all intuitive. Um, I like to actually refer to the word of channel, you know, um, even versus the word psychic or medium. We're all channels, basically, for energy. And um, when we trust it, just like riding the bike, trusting this language, we're able to lean into that feeling more, and we're able to utilize it for ourselves. And one of the stories that I give, actually, in, in that chapter is back, you know, this was probably seven years or so ago. Um, I was selling a house, buying another one, and I sort of freaked my realtor out because <laughs> I told him who was going to buy our previous house. And I, I had said, you know, yes, I'm seeing a red-haired um, girl who's single. Her dad's going to help her buy the house. It all lined up. And then um, after that happened, I was able to go within and, and ask Spirit, okay, please show me what I need to secure this house. And there was a bidding war with 10 other people for the property. Um, and the number that I gave secured us the house down to the dollar. So it all goes down to trusting in the moment what you're receiving, not doubting it, not allowing that rational part of yourself to interfere. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.